back to the culture crush after a very long hiatus, um, a little bit of a pandemic and a lot of other things going on in the world, I think. And, um, but we're back. <laughs> it's, a come, it's the comeback. Happy 2023. We're back in the studio. Not that, I mean, we, we never left. <laughs> yeah. We actually never left the studio. Um, we've just gone through various stages of being masked and unmasked <laughs> in here. I'm Deborah Scherer, founder of The Culture Crush, and I'm here with Sophie Vasquez, one of the artists that we work with, who's definitely part of the Culture Crush family. Um, welcome, Sophie. Say hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? I know. We're laughing because, you know, we really haven't recorded an episode in so long. So this is sort of like the comeback episode mm-hmm. Um Though we've certainly not stopped working on things behind the scenes. Um, we've been publishing, we've been printing, we've been traveling, we've been wrestling. We've been... <laughs> shooting videos. Shooting videos. Music videos, and wrestling now we're just videos. Working, now we're just doing audio. We've done, the pr- we've done paper, print, web, now we're in audio. Right. Well, except that I, I was trying to point out to you that the Culture Crush actually began as a podcast. That is true. I didn't know that. Which is very, which is very funny. Um, and then, that you know, when people say, where did you get the name? When I thought of the name, I was, I thought, wow, that would be a great name for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's just been become sort of the overarching theme of, of everything that we're doing. Meaning that, you know, when I began this journey, I started off sort of coming off my work that I'd been doing for French and Italian Vogue. And when people would say, like, how do you find which stories, how do you decide which stories you're going to do? And my answer would always be, you know, I sort of fall in love with the subject matter and I want everyone else to fall in love with the subject matter too. Hence the word crush. Because mm-hmm. I really like I get a crush on on yeah. something and, and I want to just gather whether it's like picture, you know, photographs, pictures, recordings, videos, film, what you know, whatever to be able to put it back together and tell the story to everybody else. And mm-hmm. I think that all of the artists and and artists, writers, everyone that we work with here, um, I think that's what we all have in common. And Sophie definitely falls into that category. Um, So much so that we sometimes lose her for a minute because she falls so in love with the subject matter that we we don't see her for a couple of years. But um, anyway, welcome Sophie to the podcast for the first time. Um, I'm so glad that we're still here uh, recording from the studio, even though we do travel, still traveling around a little bit, but this is really our home base. So it's always, it's always fun and creative to be here. So, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's good to be back. I mean, we, like I said, we've never left. So it's just like, <laughs> and then with the traveling, like we've been doing it nonstop and, um, it's good to be here. Good to be back in the stew and back in the stew. Back in the stew. Also, this is like my first ever kind of like interview moment in a second because I feel like I've just, like you said, I do tend to disappear because I just get lost in the sauce with the work <laughs> and like that work being professional wrestling and all of that. It's been doing it consistently since I was 19 and I just recently turned 24 so that's like what five years 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. You had been, so when, when I met Sophie, she had been, um, first she had been photographing, um, some drag shows and that, that work is outstanding. And then she had just started with the Lucha Libre photographing sort of Bronx wrestling because Sh- yeah. she's from the Bronx. Shout, shout out to out, VX. Shout out to VX. Shout out to um, Six Train. Sh- shout out to VX <laughs> and the Six Train for more reasons than you know. And I'm sure we'll be talking about all of those reasons in the next music. hour or so. Um, and uh, yeah, so then she got more and more. And, we, and of course, we all the, the gang here, we kept saying like, come on, go soap, go more into it, do more, get more into it, get to know the people. And then... We never saw her again <laughs> because she hit the road with them and never came back. Yeah, I did, yeah I, it was the true epitome of the almost famous lifestyle of, was it from the movie when Frances McDormand's like rock stars have kidnapped my son? Right. That's yeah. literally like wrestlers have kidnapped Sophie. Because yeah. 2021, you couldn't find me home almost every like three day, four day weekend because I was... If I wasn't in New York, I was definitely in Philadelphia. <laughs> and if I wasn't in Philadelphia, I was definitely in Maine. If I wasn't in Maine, I was definitely in that weird southern territory. Um, yeah, because I, I just hit the road running with wrestling. Because when we met, I think, I think I also had just started like going to school again, like city college. I just transferred to a four-year college prior to the pandemic, prior to... Because I think my mind was set on, okay, I'm going to go get my bachelor's and I'm going to do this wrestling only in the Bronx thing, which to its credit, like that did put me on the map of like the Bronx photography circle because prior I've been photographing the punk scene and all that. And right. Where you ran into De- ran Destiny Mata, who Mata. photographs uh, the underground punk scene. Also Roy... Roy Bison. Roy Bison. Who was also was photographing those shows. So there was a whole bunch of you. There was a whole bunch of them. Doing and, that. and I was just like the new kid on the block who like was, you know, a, a concert goer, punk fan and all that. But like even then my friends were like, they knew that like I was just still kind of figuring out my photography and my art. And so with the wrestling, that would just that was just kind of like my thing. Like no one else was really doing it. In the, I mean, people had done it in the Bronx, but like not to the capacity of like going to every single show, having relationships and friendships. And, um, but I kept it as a local thing. Like it was going to be very local, walk only 15 minutes to shows from my house. Also, I'm Latina, so like strict Latin parents of like, what do you mean you're staying out past like 10 p.m.? <laughs> 11 p.m. You're only like 20 years old. And right when the pandemic occurred and then I had just started making some friends who were trying to branch out to like other states and all of that, when quarantine was lifted and they were like, yeah, there's like shows running like in Atlantic City, Indiana. Yeah, but the first thing we did together with the wrestling was that pop-up backyard show in Brooklyn that we that, that you is dragged. True. The pop- Destiny and I got dragged out yes. there, which that- was incredible, by the yeah, way. That was, yeah, that was first, true. It was the very... Sometimes it's that first 
last minute messed up backyard thing is the best thing super messed up super illegal also that ring that that was at the show is still as terrible as ever they haven't fixed it like that was that's that was summer after lockdown in new york city so everything was illegal everything everything was illegal illegal at that point i mean even the people i mean we i remember like you know they were limiting people because of the capacity i mean we were we were masked up we were like you know but that's how wrestling had to survive was those super weird super illegal super weird shows because um there was just no other way to like put on that entertainment and have wrestlers like get paid for it um so i think that july thing was it and then like shortly after um well the july thing was second for me i think i did atlantic city first if i'm correct was my first time in Atlantic City and all that very weird place and all that but um just so yeah all these states that I never thought I would travel to by myself were hosting these very outlaw type wrestling shows because it just to ensure its survival and I did that towards the end of 2020 I dropped out of school made the choice to drop out and consistently like 2020 all of 2021 and then 2022 was winding down but wrestling was just my like my lifeline like that was literally everything to me okay so one of the things that um i wanted to talk about today is that you know and again like i keep saying names of you know all the artists that we work with that I love to work with especially on these kind of culture crush stories um we I always would say the same thing um looking at the photos whether it was Sophie whether it was your work or Destiny's work or Mm -hmm. Malcolm Jackson's work is that there's I think again like something that we all have in common is this is this focus on the people yeah. You know, so whether it's like at a punk show or at a wrestling show or in your neighborhood or whatever, it's the stories are being told through the people. And so it inherently for me, when I look at it as photography, it's beauty. Um, and I'm just differentiating that like versus fashion or versus documentary or versus any of that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I come from, um, you know, fashion magazine world, so it it might not be clear what I mean when I say that, but it's, it's just a a kind of photography that's documenting something that's going to, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but I keep saying like, it's, but this is beauty beauty. because it's not, (laughs) it's not exploitive. It's not, um, you know, it's not shock and all that. Like, there are things we photograph that are shocking and are crazy to, like, the naked eye, but you can tell, like, there is, like, a sincerity and, like, a a beauty in it, where, like, a beauty, where it's, like, we see something that others wouldn't normally see in it because, you know, with the, pertaining to subcultures, it's, like, oh, we have a, a specific mindset about it or, like, how the individuals involved are, but, which are very one-dimensional. But then when we're with our photographs, myself's destinies, with the both the punk and wrestling, like we add like a extra like introspective to it. Like it's like these people have layers. These people are super cool. 
Yeah, I mean, you're seeing like the, it, it's, um, it's just this ultimate kind of self-expression. You know, you're, you're literally like the, the way, the reason why I'm just, um, what thinking a lot about it in terms of the word beauty and the business of beauty mm -hmm. and, and that sort of industry is, you know, again, just, it's similar to fashion in that you can either like go to Sephora and buy a bunch of stuff and then, you know, just, or have your makeup done or something. But then mm -hmm. there's like, there's another level to it though, where it's just pure self-expression, pure self-expression oh, and, yeah. and done in a kind of total DIY sort of manner, mm -hmm. um, which again, is very culture crush because we like to, we're, sort of high style DIY here, um, luxury DIY. And it's, I just, I just find it, it fascinating. Um, this idea of drawing all over yourself or, or not, or, yeah. you know, um, and like you said, like you're just seeing these like layers and layers of people and, and their self-expression. I mean, if, especially like with the wrestling, I mean, they're coming up with characters, they're mm -hmm. telling stories, you know, like, I think that that's, I think whether it's like the most commercial beauty company or not, I think that that's what the, the whole industry is. And it's just mm -hmm. people sort of telling stories about themselves and signaling that to the rest of the world. So even if you're just like on the Upper East Side and you put on red lipstick and you go out like you're saying some you're making a, making a I'm, statement. I'm thinking yeah. about my grandmother and I'm wearing, you know, pearls and I put on the red lipstick and mm -hmm. I have. So it's just all this sort of um, all these tools that we have to, you know, to explore ideas of self-expression. And I think that what you guys are doing, all of you, whether you're whether it's drag or it's wrestling or it's whatever, you're like really going deep into um, this real, this, these like character studies. Oh yeah. I would say like in just be most of just wrestling alone, like with the makeup, but also the gear and like what they imagine and invest in because this is gear that's going to get ripped, torn, shredded, smeared on. And, but that's like their biggest self-expression, like whether they have a specific color palette or a pa pattern because they want even though in wrestling you are kind of putting on a character or a design they still want the individual who they are like to still reflect that like yeah there's going to be a wrestler who's going to have specific makeup i mean right now off the top of my head like warhorse right warhorse has become he has heavy metal inspo but like that's just who jake is the real guy behind him so he needs to have that still be a part of him in his wrestling persona because he can't pretend to be someone else. He's still himself. It's just like an extension of it. And wrestling kind of allows you just to extend it just as as far as you want to. Right. So, okay. So please explain to everybody who's listening what kayfabe is. Oh, boy. And how basically <laughs> the fact that you're fo the, the kinds of stories that, that, we, that you and I are doing together, that you're the specific part of your photography that, that we're sort of scraping off for the culture mm -hmm. crush um, is a, a lot of it is sort of the behind the scenes, the backstage, mm -hmm. like watching them sort of become these characters, which in the wrestling world is a no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> capital N, capital O, capital N, capital no O. If it, if it was a crime, it's illegal. Um, no, kayfabe is, what do you, what, where does that word come from? I don't know. To right, I'll, have to, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> I read somewhere like with the February, the, what's the egg, the fake egg? 
Fabergé 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 <laughs> like that's where the fae comes the fabe comes from maybe it's for, I don't know we'll, when you say, we'll do a fact check on that but um but yeah it's but ba- the, explain what the usage the is the usage is like you know in wrestling it's storytelling everything's scripted it's never fake it's fixed and kayfabe is like we need people to see it that way every moment so you know in a wrestling setting you'll be calling your match or you'll have two longtime friends be rivals on a storyline but they won't want to have photographs or interviews that kind of go against that fantasy that we've already built so you know the classic hulk hogan macho i'm just using the 80s references like you know they were the big baby face the hero and the big heel the villain but then, you know, there's photos that we see in documentaries years later of, like, Macho Man and, like, Hogan's, like, mansion with, like, Miss Elizabeth, and they're all, like, eating hot dogs at a barbecue. Like, right. you know, that's how it is, and that's obviously what, as a photographer and someone in this world wants to document, but in the public, to the press, that's just a big no-no because, I mean, wrestling is all ages, but they're also wanting to keep up with, like, the kids who want to believe that these people do hate each other and it is this big feud that's gonna you know happen at wrestlemania like it just adds to the flair of it even though like there are documentaries that exist vice does documentaries even wwe does documentaries but you know i'm not gonna front i remember being like 15 and two wrestlers that i loved on tv I genuinely thought we're feuding. And then I remember them seeing on Twitter <laughs> and that like as a 15 year old, like that shocked me. Like I was like, how is Seth and Dean like at a diner together? Cause right. he, he just <laughs> cracked him with like a steel chair on Monday. <laughs> and like, I'm at 15, like so at 50, even at 15, I still was like, how is Dean dating Renee? Cause she's the broadcaster. And like, that doesn't even make sense. Cause isn't she like, you know, and it feels, it's funny now because 15 was only, like, what, six years ago? Like, not six years. I can't do math. Almost 10 years ago. And, like, literally at that age, I still was in that. I believed it. You still believed in Santa? I still believed in Santa. Yeah. Like, I still <laughs> believed in Santa. The two fairy was going to give me a dollar. Like, I was, you know, but that's, it, but that's what wrestling is. And so, you know. Well, it's interesting. You just, you just, all you already sort of answered the, the end of, of that story, which is, when you were talking about Warhorse, what what's his real name? A oh, shout out to uh, Jake Parnell. Jake. So Jake. you just said that even when he's Warhorse, like he still wants Jake to come Jake out. Jake to come you know? out. So he's going to be a dad. You're seeing the you're seeing like all the different layers to all of to all of those performers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like um. And like you know, and also like these wrestlers have Facebook, right? They have like their public names open. And I've seen just just gonna use Warhorse as the best example. Like he has the heavy metal collection. He's gone to all the Kiss and Iron Maiden and concerts. Because wait, explain his because his, his makeup, makeup is based like Kiss inspired. Very Kiss inspired, yeah. You know, he right now I think his current gear is like the Eddie Van Halen Frankenstein guitar, but like that's like as an overall suit, which I think is like his best gear. And then that, that's the best example. Like that is the beauty of it. Like he he thought of okay. He wanted to pay tribute to his favorite guitarist, Eddie Van Halen. And we know Eddie's iconic guitar, the the red and white. And he translated that into an actual, like, breathable, fashionable item, which is overalls that he wrestles in. And, like, to an 80s fan, to a rock and roll fan, to an Eddie Van Halen fan, 
they get that immediately. They also understand the person that a war horse is. And I think, um, you know, he allows himself to just connect to other people that way through that specific beauty to those other fans who maybe aren't our wrestling fans, but everyone was like, everyone's a fan of music and people were fans of um, that specific uh, scene and genre as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, okay, so we just published, again, we had stopped publishing also during the pandemic, the, the, the paper that we did on a regular basis and sort of drifted off into book land. Book land. That'll be a different podcast episode. <laughs> We're talking about books. Um, so we, what, we've become a publishing company in, in the background. And, um, but we did want to, we did want to come out with a zine again, even though we sort of do like a maxi zine Mm -hmm. and, um, this time it's in color because we want to, we're just, we're evolving, um, we're evolving. And, um, yeah, so we did such a great story with your stuff. So I Mm -hmm. love it. I love the story. Everybody loves it. Bruised beauties. Bruised beauties. Um, cause the whole issue it was called the skin we're in because not that it wasn't planned beforehand, but just all of the stories just sort of had an element in it about sort of self-expression through like the skin that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, um, and whether it's, you know, the wrestler's makeup and then Destiny did something about, um, about tattoos and on and on and on. So, um, there's still some copies left if anyone wants to, or you can go on to our website, culturecrush.com and, we have a few issues left. They really became collector's items quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story, Bruce Beauties, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, all of the best war horses in it. Dan Housen is in it. Allie Catch, Effie. Effie we love. Cassandro, who like, you know, his... He has a film coming out about him. Right. Which just, this Cassandro film just premiered in, in, just at Sundance. Sundance. Tell everybody what, what's the story with Cassandro. Oh, so Cassandro is... Um, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. <laughs> and he's this very, he's very famous lucha libre luchador who's like pioneered. Because he, he's openly gay and openly, and he's brown and he was doing this in the 80s. And he kind of, you know accepted being the exotic one in wrestling he was known as cassandra el exotico and you know we're coming from a very machismo very not very known for their um lgbt friendliness so he endured a lot of shit but he really pioneered um you know lgbtq plus wrestlers in this business um i mean right now we think about like effie and mv young who are also doing who are also doing it in their own way but uh, Cassandro did it in the 80s when there was no support and there was a lot of backlash and I'm happy there's a film being made about him because I think it's oh, it's already premiered oh it's already premiered yeah so it's already yeah, it's, it's, it's coming it's films coming made. starring starring the starring gorgeous this, the beautiful Gael Garcia Bernal ugh I love him a, a fantastic actor and I'm know, very excited to, to see, see what movie. he does because I met Cassandro and I think I believe that the photographs that I took of him, which are, if I remember the, I remember correctly, it's October 2020. Right. I think it was October 18th, 2020. I wanted to like, say to the date. Um, in rural Indiana, in a, in a freaking fairgrounds, um, in the middle of a pandemic. 
like this is October 2020. The quarantine was just up to June, so no no vaccines. A lot of wrestlers in this kind of barnyard setting putting on like at least 10 plus shows. And Cassandra was there. And I, and I, I remember when he was announced, everyone was like shocked that he was, was he going to come? I think he was in Mexico. Was he going to come from Mexico to Indiana? And he did. And he wrestled um, AEW star Sonny Kiss. It was a great match. But Cassandro, like, I remember just, like, his presence was just so sweet and just so grand. Like, he came in rolling with his little, like, suitcase. And everyone's like, you know, everyone, he's like a legend. And he does his own makeup. He does his own makeup. He does his, um, I, he had, like, he, like I, we're still in a barn. So, like, he's trying to find, like, a little chair and table to, you know, set up some type of, like, beauty um parlor for it because it's just cows <laughs> you know and all these wrestlers crammed and cars everywhere but um he was just so amazing and just i had this beautiful like purple draped um cape that like, it was like lace it was lace, it was like purple lace. um roses were thrown um His makeup was amazing makeup was amazing He's wearing a black rhinestone black bodysuit with rhinestones and the cape yeah is purple lace and they're throwing with a huge roses train at him. yeah i mean oh my god you have to see the pictures you can see the pictures on the website but you definitely want a copy of the print edition oh, of yeah. this it's just, right it's just gorgeous it's just it's a beautiful spread and also and i also and i think that has been his last wrestling event i yeah. want to say i mean to my knowledge i don't know if he's been doing some gigs in mexico but like in the states, I'm pretty confident this is like was his last appearance. Because now, to my knowledge, I guess he was working on the film, and you know, and also when you reach to a certain age, some wrestlers just do appearances, not wrestling anymore. And but Cassandra, I mean, Cassandra even did a, a spot where like he's walking on the rope, right? right. <laughs> like he was like, I'm. He's like, he, I guess he was like, if I'm going to wrestle in an ongoing pandemic with all these people who traveled to a fairground, Indiana. I'm going to give them a performance and he delivered in every way. So, um, a, a sweetheart. I'm so excited. The film, I, I just, I'm so excited that more people and more eyes are going to be on him. Like, I think of all the legends, you know, he's getting a recognition and all that. So it's way overdue. So I'm really excited uh, for that. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, so the, the, so the, yeah, the pictures are incredible. And, um, you know, so now we're just talking about what are we going to do next? Now you're obsessed with Broadway. But theater, this is all theater. From the drag to the wrestling, now you're on Broadway. It's for you, it's all... The line is all the same. It's just different. The show must go on. The show must go on. (laughs) Because even, like, when I started from music to drag to wrestling to now Broadway, like, they're all the same. It's just diff, um, just different tricks. I would always say it's like the same. Um, I mean, everyone said like wrestling is just violent theater, or just theater with um, more physicality than expected. I mean, the, like we said, there's the musical that's about wrestling that's out right now, featuring Heartthrob Ramin Karim Lou. So right. like, <laughs> you know, it's just and I and it's so funny because I feel like the theater aspect of wrestling has been disputed against by some hardcore wrestling fans the same hardcore fans that hate that were like you gotta respect kayfabe right. which is funny because kayfabe is almost an element of theater 
because it's like you're following a script and right. all of that. So it's, 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 it's very funny to observe because for me, I've always just seen it as a 3D dimensional art form. Like, you know, and so, but yeah, I'm currently on Broadway. Well, as an usher, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not performing though. But that's your methodology though. You like get in there somehow. I do. So I, many people have asked me, how'd she get that job? You know, which you don't have to tell the story of how you got okay. the job, but, um, you know, I that's, know, but that's just, part, but I'm that's part of your, that's <laughs> part of your work is you always find a way in, I find a way in and then you're in and then you have your camera and like, that's what it is, right? That is. Yeah. Cause I'll find a way. You'll in. always be an outsider. You were never, you know, I remember Jesse and I sitting you down when you checked back in and you're wrestling extravaganza disappearing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know i mean you're not really a sports photographer you know you mm-hmm. were an outsider in yeah. that world even mm-hmm. as a photographer as a documentarian you were an outsider and like the guys who and mostly guys, mostly guys. underlining that um you know who are like sports you know on the circuit you know they were always giving you you were so young. I mean, you still are, but, and they were giving you such a hard time because so they thought you were like trying to take their spot. Like oh, they, yeah. they didn't realize that like we were doing something completely else, you know, and it's the same with the Broadway stuff. I'm sure you're going to be, you're going to wind up doing something incredible because you're not trying to be that official guy that yeah. is, you know, doing the official portraits of the cast of the... Like, I'm not you know? trying to, like... I mean, because I think, you know, the one... And why? Because those aren't the beautiful moments. Yeah, like, I think um, one thing I wish I could have photographed, like, if... I mean, I still can't because they're going on tour is the Almost Famous musical. Right. Because it closed and all that, but I was able to, like, snag, like, a last-minute ticket, got... And I just thought to myself, like, oh, man, like, imagine if I worked backstage for this show, right? Just imagine all the images in my head, the costumes, the characters. Also, like, Cameron Crowe was just hanging out there, like, every single day. Like, people were, like, he was just uber-eating, like, food to the theater. Like, Cameron was just living in New York. Um, and, but, yeah, that's, I mean, it's so funny. Those people who, like, gave me such a hard time like I don't even think about them much anymore because I've just exceeded them in like every level like before I used to be like oh da 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 but now I'm like no like I did I was always respectful I was always cool I was always they just were just super not chill they were just really mean and they hit me with either the like oh you're not a sports photographer well I got published in Sports Illustrated that's pretty it's pretty sports photography um, don't become you know, a sports photographer. I don't want you to. just do you. So I just want to do me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like um, there. It is a boys club. There's going to be boys clubs in like most of it. But the whole world is a boys club. The whole world is a boys club. And here we are. <laughs> here we are in the boys club. Um, so yeah, so that was funny because last week we were celebrating Ricky Flores and his part in the. Um, 50th anniversary of hip hop show mm-hmm. at Photographiska, and he dragged us with him to the opening night, which he, I don't think he was supposed to bring all of us, but I feel like Ricky is Hugh Hefner and 
You and Destiny <laughs> and I are the the three. We're the girls next door. Like we're his. Uh, we're always his entourage. We're always on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go anywhere without us. Um, so we were there, and that was. We turned around. It was so crowded. It was so, so, packed. It was so packed. And then Destiny spotted. And then we were like, go go go, because who walks in? It was Lin Wen with Manuel the Miranda. The legend himself. So Sophie's idol, Sophie's theater idol. The savior of Puerto Rico. He was just trying to look at some <laughs> hip-hop photography. But uh, no, but that was really nice. You guys had a big theater geek out. He was and really like... He was so nice. Sweet, because I was like, I don't want to bother him. And he seemed not... Because of the fact that you went up to him and started going on about theater, like... Yeah, <laughs> it was like a theater kid, theater kid yeah, interaction. Exactly, where... that's what it was like. So it was, it was nice. It was chill, because I just said... I didn't it, feel like, for yeah. one second that he was like, oh, why can't I be left alone? It was, I think he was like excited. But he asked theater. me questions. Like, no, I, I, I just said, like, I'm an usher that's it didn't leave like i didn't want to be like da 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 but he was like oh like what production are you working and i was like oh i'm at the freeman and he's like oh like um oh i want to see that show and i was like oh like you have two weeks left like if you're you know if you're free um because i just found out he's currently workshopping the new york new york musical off the scorsese film so he's you know he's always on the go he's always working and yeah, and then he was like, "Say hi to Jeremy Pope for me," as if right. like I can. And I told my co- I told my boss that when I went to work like two days later, I was like, "I was like, you won't believe who like says they want to see the show." And they're like, "Who?" I was like, "Lin Manuel Miranda." And they're like, "No way!" And I was like, "And I was like, yeah." They said, "Lin told me say hi to Jeremy for me," and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "You could tell him that." I said, "I can't go backstage to Jeremy Pope's dressing room and be like, I have a message from Lin." I know. So um, that was fun. And, um, yeah, so that's also something we're working on in the background is we're working with Ricky, working with everybody. I mean, we, now that we did that scene, now we have to think about what we're going to do next. I mean, you're in the theater. We're talking maybe about roller derby. What else are we talking about? Roller I'm afraid you're going to run away with the ro- At least Broadway, I know you'll be in the city. <laughs> I mean, now we're, unless well, you like go on one of the on the road with, I know, like, I do with the a touring. traveling show i'm not i'm not against going with the cats touring <laughs> company if i do run away cats? I've, I've always wanted to photograph cats because it's just so insane and i just wanted like the costuming's insane it's genuinely one of my favorite music i know it's so cheesy but it's genuinely one of like it got me through the pandemic <laughs> like I think it ties in like as a, even though in wrestling like in the pandemic post quarantine I dove into wrestling because I was just like I was cooped in life is short da 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 but actively during the pandemic what really grounded me was musicals and Cats the nineteen ninety eight VHS tape got me nice. through it nice. so it feels only fitting that if I if I run away with the touring company and become a cat. It's just who I'm meant to be. All right, so we'll we'll put that on the schedule. <laughs> put that on the publishing schedule. So, all right, so I think we can um, wind this up for today um, for our little welcome back quickie um, little chat in the studio. We're having a little. We're having beers. We're having beers. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's, it's Friday somewhere. It's Friday. <laughs> It's nine o'clock somewhere. It's Friday <laughs> afternoon in our minds. Um, but yeah, so anyway, but tell us, give us like a little last, what do you tell us? What do you think about P 
beauty in the cultural narrative. What do you think? Culture crush going forward. I think what the, I mean. What do you want to tell us what you want? What I want. Yeah. What beauty. do you want? Who do I want? Or what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who is, I mean. What do you see? I think you said it best. We're like the work we've all been doing has always just been about beauty, whether it's subconscious or, cause it's not this, you know, it's not necessarily I was doing photos of here's close-ups of, um, you know, the, the costumes and the gears and all. I've done some photographs like that, but you know, my images, I think also cause I wanted, I always felt wrestling was misunderstood. I always felt wrestlers are the most misunderstood. Um, and because I, I love and admire them so much, I put that extra effort to photograph themselves and their achievements and their highs and their lows so that they're, it adds to those layers that like we were talking about previously. And so I just want to continue doing because, I mean, wrestling puts so much of my life into, but I still want that in my other works and bodies of work. Right. So. Well, I think that what you're doing is you're, sort of capturing very intimate moments Mm -hmm. and the act of like, you know, putting on makeup or helping somebody else do that or like, you know, powdering your nose or like, yeah, tweezing an eye. Those are very intimate moments. So the fact that you're just catching those moments um, is, you know, not a coincidence because I think it's it's really about the intimacy of that, which I know you're... That's kind of your thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, all right. So let's, uh, you know, till the next time. Um, I'm sure Sophie will be on the podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we'll have to keep up with uh, what she's working on, who she's running into and We're taking selfies into... with. And um, I know we're, we can't wait for the Cassandra movie to come out. Um, and you, everybody, please either just go on the website and look at the look Leave for the, the story, Bruce Beauties, and um, order a copy of the zine because the pictures are incredible. Thank you very much, Sophie, for Thank being you, on today. And until the next time. <laughs> <laughs>